0: the Bible, focus on a part of the Bible, and we ask God to speak to us through it. And we've been working our way through John's Gospel. It's a fantastic book. Please, if you've not ever read it right through before, just take some time out and read John's Gospel. We've got up to chapter 11. And we'll be reading that in a moment. Just a little bit of background. In the previous chapter, there had been an attempt on Jesus' life. People had actually taken up stones to stone Jesus to death. It was one of the punishments that they would mete out to the religious leaders called blasphemers. And they considered Jesus a blasphemer because they say, you, a mere man, claim to be God. So they had understood quite clearly from what Jesus had been saying that he was claiming to be God. He had said that he was the I Am. That was the name of God. It was quite obvious who he was saying he was. I am the bread of life. Before Abraham was, I am I'm the light of the world, I'm the good shepherd. And John, throughout his gospel, interweaves not only these I am sayings of Jesus, but the signs of who Jesus was, pointing to who he was. The sign of water into wine at Cana, that was the first sign. The healing of an official son just by the word that Jesus spoke He healed a paralyzed man by the pool in Jerusalem. He fed 5,000 people and more with just a few loaves and fish. He walked on water. He healed a blind man. And John writes his gospel so that you may believe in Jesus. He is an evangelist at heart. He wants you to believe in Jesus. And if you do believe in Jesus, he wants you to continue to believe in Jesus. Because what he has seen, as he describes in one of the letters that he writes, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have touched, we proclaim to you. So let's read from chapter 11. From verse 1. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Some translations have that word yet as so. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago the Jews tried to stone you, and yet you are going back there? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight A man who walks by day will not stumble, for he sees by this world's light. It is when he walks by night that he stumbles, for he has no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. The disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, called Didymus, and sometimes called doubter, but never in Scripture really. I mean, he's accused of that. He said to the rest of his disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. He was never the optimist, I must admit, but... (laughs) Let us go also that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord Martha said to Jesus, If only you had been here. My brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was come into the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. "'Where have you laid him?' he asked. "'Come and see, Lord,' they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, "'See how he loved him.' But some others said, "'Could not the man who opened the eyes of the blind man "'have kept this man from dying?' Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. "'Take away the stone,' he said. "'But Lord,' said Martha, the sister of the dead man, By this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did put their faith in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin, which is a gathering of the authority. What are we accomplishing, they asked. Here is this man performing many miraculous signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. and Then the Romans will come and take both our place and our nation. Then one of them named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation and not only for the nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day, they plotted to take his life. I would venture to say that that passage contains some of the most amazing words that have ever been spoken and the most amazing truth that has ever been heard. And we have been privileged to hear it today. Let's pray. Father God, we ask that as we look at this part of your word, we pray that you would, by your Spirit, Allow it to speak into our lives, that we might be changed, that we might hear once again your voice speaking to us, calling us to believe, to continue to believe. We ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen. When was the last time you said, if only? Can you remember? If only I hadn't said that. If only I hadn't done that. If only that hadn't happened. If only I had listened. If only I'd seen. If only I had acted. Personal one, if only I hadn't parked the car there. If only God, if only God had done that, had stepped in, what are your if-onlys? I picked up a few if-onlys reading this passage. John writes his gospel that we may believe, may continue to believe. He writes it to a church under pressure. This was the last gospel written. He writes it to a church under pressure, that they may continue to believe. But I'm sure there would have been some people who had read his gospel, maybe even some people that we might know, maybe even one or two here who would say, come off it, John, let's get real. It's all very well for you to say, believe in Jesus. You were with him. You walked with him. You saw him. You touched him. But we have all known times when maybe we have felt, maybe we have even said, if only God had been here. What are you doing, God? What are you up to? C.S. Lewis, in his book, Prince Caspian, puts these words in a cynical dwarf. Either Aslan, meaning God, is dead, or he is not on our side, or he is not strong enough. But the Bible says that he is alive, that he is for us, and that he is able. But sometimes it's all too easy to succumb to the enemy's cynicism. Where is your God now? Did he really say that? Are you really going to trust him? And sometimes we are tempted to think the disciples had it easy. John, for example. But if you think about John. He had to cope with disappointment in his life. Think about Acts chapter 12. His brother, James, is beheaded. Peter is miraculously released from prison. Do you not think John ever thought, God, if only... Sometimes we succumb to the disappointment of unanswered prayer. Sometimes we just don't understand, but we do trust. We do continue to believe because we say with the disciples in the Gospels, where would we go? To whom would we go? Jesus has the words of eternal life. Who else are you going to trust? So in this passage, I believe that John, in all the other things that he wants us to understand, is to hear the if-onlys of Mary and Martha. Both of them, at different points in this passage, say, if you had been here, Jesus. Martha and Mary and Lazarus were friends of Jesus. That's clear in the Gospels. They believed in Jesus. Jesus had stayed with them. Luke chapter 10. Remember when Martha's so busy in the kitchen doing all the catering and Mary, she's doing nothing but sitting at Jesus' feet. They have a little sisterly tiff about that. John mentions here something that he's going to mention in the next chapter that Mary is the one who anoints Jesus with expensive perfume, wipes his feet with her hair. They were friends. They loved one another. They loved Jesus. And we are clearly told that Jesus loved them. And Lazarus gets sick. Really sick. And they send word to Jesus. It's urgent. The one you love is sick. And when Jesus heard this, he says, this sickness will not end in death. It will reveal God's glory. I don't know if the messengers who got the message to Jesus were waiting around to take a message back. We're not told. We're not told if they run back to Mary and Martha and said, Jesus says it will not end in death. And he dies. And that strange wording that when he had heard, he stays two more days. Because he loved them, he stayed two more days. Doesn't make sense, does it? You'd think if he loved them, he'd be on the bus, he'd catch the donkey, whatever's going to Jerusalem. He's a few days away, he has to go quickly. And he says, we'll stay two more days. By which time, Lazarus is dead and Jesus knows it. Imagine Mary and Martha at the funeral. Why wasn't he here? If only he had come our brother would not have died. People have walked away from faith in Jesus over disappointments far smaller than that. They've walked away from faith in God because God didn't do what they asked him to do or they expected him to do. And John wants to tell us in this passage that we're not alone when we feel like that. But don't walk away. Don't walk away. These are big questions of faith, aren't they? Why did Jesus delay? Disciples know that he's under threat of death, they'd already had an attempt on his life. Sometimes you would read this passage and there's sort of the tales of the unexpected. If you ever used to watch that program, it always had something that had a twist in it. Tales of the unexpected. When the sisters ask Jesus to come, he doesn't go. When the disciples say, don't go, he goes. And he spoke about sleep meaning death. The disciples are confused. He'll sleep it off. Whatever it is, sleep's good for you. And then he taught the disciples this strange little saying about people walking in the daylight, don't trip up. People walking in the dark stumble and fall. Remember, Jesus has said he's the light of the world. Whoever follows him will never be in darkness. You'll never be in the dark if you follow Jesus. You will not stumble. John has learned that even when we don't understand, stay close to Jesus... Even when it's not what you thought it was, stay close to Jesus. Even when you think God is not there, stay. Because his promise is, he is always with us. Always with us. Jesus says the delay will reveal God's glory. And this sign will be the most powerful sign yet of what Jesus has come to do. Death. Death itself will be defeated. It's a known fact that everybody dies. It's a known fact that I am going to die, that you are going to die. Jesus has come to break the power of death. That whoever believes in him, death has no hold on them can't grab them because Jesus has conquered it smashed it and its power these are the words we hear in this scripture they are so amazing but before we get there we get to the pain Jesus arrives Lazarus has been in the tomb four days the mourners are all there those who really care and the professional mourners who always hang about funerals. Certainly in these days, days of Jesus. And then the first, if only, Martha, verse 21. If you had been here. Do you, do you not get the anguish in, in, in that voice? If you had been here. And Jesus tells Martha, your brother... Will rise again. He will live again. And Martha believes that. She does believe in the resurrection. She does believe in eternal life on the last day. Because she has heard Jesus speak about it. And then Jesus brings the future into the present. And he says these most amazing words. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. That is amazing for anyone to say that. I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection is not a future event. Resurrection is not a doctrine. Resurrection is not a belief. It's a person. Resurrection is Jesus, that's what he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. If you are in me, you will never die. I think that's pretty cool. Pretty amazing. And he will back it up by walking out of his own grave. But before that, He calls somebody else out of their grave. Notice the question that he gives Martha. He says those amazing things. Do you believe it? Do you believe this? And she says, yes, I I believe in you. I believe you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. I believe in you. And then we move on. Martha doesn't tell Mary what's just happened, obviously, because when Mary comes and the mourner's with her, she says, Lord, if you had been here, if only you had been here, my brother would still be alive. And Jesus asks the question, where have you laid him? And they go, to the tomb. And Jesus weeps at the tomb. And the comments of the crowd is, see how he loved Lazarus. He's crying at the tomb. And others are saying, well, he didn't love him very much because if he loved him that much, he would have come sooner. Have you heard The guy who opened the blind blind man's eyes, he could have raised him from the dead. He could have stopped him dying. He could have healed him. This is going on in the crowd. And Jesus deeply moved. Deeply moved. And and the commentators say that this, this is more than just sentiment. Jesus is angry now. He is indignant. The Bible says that Jesus carries our griefs and sorrows. Why was he crying? He carries our griefs and sorrows. He weeps when we weep. He is with us in those things. His indignation is aimed at death. Death, how dare you? How dare you stand against me? And he says, take the stone away. And Martha doesn't think this is a good idea. Lazarus has been there four days. They're in a hot climate. You think this is warm. This is really hot. And the smell would be too much. Jesus has come to bring God's new world to birth. Jesus begins it and he will complete it. And everyone who believes in him is part of it. Remember Jesus had said this sickness will not end in death. I don't think it's any coincidence that this lesson that John wants us to understand is in the context of healing and resurrection. The hardest unanswered prayers that you and I experience is about healing and about salvation. They're the hardest unanswered prayers. Why haven't you healed my mum, my dad? Why haven't you healed my son, my daughter? Why haven't you healed? Why aren't my son, my daughter Christians? Why aren't they? God, I pray for them. Aren't they the hardest ones? The ones that mess up our insides? And this is the context. Jesus prays out loud for the benefit of those listening. Father, I know that you always hear me. then he shouts, Lazarus, come out. That's a heart-stopping moment, isn't it, for the crowd? I know you've guessed it already. It's a heart-starting moment for Lazarus. Do you notice that there wasn't a smell? Four days, there would have been a smell. There is no smell. This has happened for the glory of God. And we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't fathom it all, but we trust. And then Lazarus, and it doesn't say it in our scriptures, hops out. Because he would have been tied at his feet and his hands. He is not going to stroll out like that. He is tied, wrapped around his face as well. He is hopping out. The difference between Jesus' resurrection, Jesus comes through the grave clothes. They're stayed there. They're still wrapped. He comes right through them. Lazarus, he has to hop out. And Jesus says, take them off him those grave clothes. Let him go. There is mystery here. There is amazing truth here. Who are we going to trust? This message from this gospel has run and is running around the world. And whoever has believed it has received eternal life as a gift. And even if we die, we will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus reigns over death. No one else. Paul has to declare, death has lost its sting. Because of Jesus. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And whoever has believed in him has not perished, but has eternal life as a gift. Would you believe this? Would you accept it into your heart right now and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus with all my heart. And would you know That death has been defeated. That you are destined to spend eternity with God. And when Jesus comes again and makes this planet, this creation, all new again, we will be with him. That's his plan for us. What's the authorities' reaction? I'm amazed at what they say. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Do! Oh! Please get it. No. Let's kill him. Because if people believe in him, we'll lose our temple, we'll lose our place in society. We won't be as important as we used to be. And Caiaphas prophesies. That one man will die for many. And it's better for one man to die for many. Than for many to die. And he speaks out the truth. That Jesus will give his life. As a sacrifice for many. Whoever will believe. Soon. As we pursue the gospel, we will come to Jerusalem with Jesus and watch him die. My simple invitation and question to you this morning is do you believe? And will you continue to believe? And even if you have the if-onlys in your life, would you believe? In Jesus this morning? Where else are you going to go? But would you believe in Jesus this morning? And if you believe, even this morning, if you said, Right, I will believe, I will trust Jesus, then He invites you to remember Him in this simple meal that we're going to share bread, His body, the cup, His blood. Would you align yourself with Jesus today? That's what he said to Martha. Do you believe this? Yes, she said. I believe. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your words. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. For these words that we have heard, these earth shattering words, that you conquer death, that you are the Lord of all, and you call each one of us to believe, to continue to believe. I encourage you, if you have the if-onlys, don't squash them. Just give them to Jesus. And continue to believe. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are at work in our lives, in those around us. And even when we don't see it, you are always at your work. Help us to go on trusting you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.